Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. God is so good, and we are thankful to God for blessing us, awakening us to another beautiful day of his creation. Amen. Amen. Beautiful sunlight outside, but nevertheless, even if it was cloudy outside, we have the S-O-N on the inside. Amen. And we should have the Spirit of God inside of us. So regardless of what the outside may reflect, we have the joy and the glory of the Lord inside of us, dwelling in us, that we can acknowledge him and glorify him of his goodness and how good he has been to us. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Dory, for leading us in those songs. And uh, we thank those who are visiting with us this morning. We have uh, Sam and Savannah by way of Virginia Beach. Virginia Beach, Virginia, uh, visiting with us. Uh, we have Simone's dad visiting with us again. Good to see you again. And a uh, friend of mine, I've made uh, acquaintance with in these years from the post office downtown in Locust Grove. Mr. Tony, he promised me he'd have a drop in there. And uh, I don't know, you got to work today, so you might have to step out before the uh, service is over, but he said he was going to drop in, and you see he's a man of his word. And Tony, I want to thank you for dropping Amen. in. And uh, just others I may not see at this time, but we will uh, greet you for sure at a later point in our service. But I'm here to bring you the lesson, the word Amen. of God. Amen. And I hope and pray that something can be said from the word of God today to encourage you to examine yourself and to look at the word of God to see if you are in harmony with what the word of God has to say. This lesson today deals with the church. It was promised and it was delivered. The church. What is the church? As used in its universal sense, the church is a great assembly, a great company of people made up of all those redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, both living and dead. Let me read that again. A great assembly, a great company of people made up of all those redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, both living and dead. Redemption has to play a part. Redemption has to play a part. The church is a great assembly of those that have come to the obedience, who have obeyed the gospel and done what the Lord has instructed them to do and who are still doing what the Lord instructed them to do. The church described, the church is the body of Christ. So described in Ephesians 1, 22, and 23. This metaphor depicts the relationship we enjoy with Christ and each other. The church, if I can put it this way, folks, the church is a family. It's a family. A family that experiences love, fellowship, great times on this time side of life, but it's guaranteed to even get greater and better on the other side of this life. Christ is our head from which we as the body receive nourishment. Colossians 2 and 19. 
the Bible says Christ is the head. No other uh, group, no other person, the church has one headship, and that is Christ. We are members of the body and of one another. In other words, we work together. We function together as one. There is no individualism in gaining glory and seeking glory in the Lord's church. We all have important roles. I don't care how little you may think the role is, but any role, any purpose in the Lord's church, it's important to the Lord. You know, some people look down and say, well, I, I, I could just pick up trash. Let me tell you something. If you don't believe that is an important role in something big, let it go without being picked up and empty for a while. Who wants to sit around in a bunch of trash? Let me tell you something. Every role in the kingdom, in the Lord's church, is important. And we are members of the body and of one another, so we feel each other's pain. We rejoice in other in each other's rejoicing mm-hmm. you know we are family Amen. we are family Amen. it goes on to say the church is the household of god mm-hmm. example the family of god first timothy 3 15. this emphasizes the familiar relationship uh, we enjoy in christ when you stop and think about that for a moment, when you think about Jesus, you think about love. Mm-hmm. You think about compassion. You think about long suffering. You think about all of the wonderful, positive things Man. when you think about Jesus. And guess what? This is what we demonstrate. This is what we should demonstrate. Amen. This is what we should share among each other, being loving, kind, forgiving, mm-hmm. understanding, Towards one another. Amen. That is what we find in Christ. Amen. Being in Christ. Amen. We are in Jesus' family. Matthew 12, uh, 48 through 50. We have many brothers and sisters in Christ. Mark 10, 28 through 30. We're family. Amen. No one should be trying to seek out to overshadow or outdo somebody else with family to build up one another, encourage one another, exhort one another. I know some of you sitting there saying, yeah, that sounds good on paper. <laughs> but I'm telling you, it's the truth. Amen. Now, regardless of what bad experience you may have had, it doesn't make all of us bad. Even though people want to label the whole church as bad because you had one bad experience with somebody, that's not true. And the Bible teaches us we are family and we enjoy wonderful things in Christ as being in his family. Somebody ought to say amen to the church. We are to treat each other accordingly. Let's look at 1 Timothy 5. 1 and 2. 1 Timothy 5, one of your brothers get. 1 Timothy 5, 1 and 2. We ain't got all day. <laughs> we are to treat each other accordingly. What does the Bible say? 1 Timothy 5, 1 and 2. Rebuke not an elder, uh-huh. but entreat him as a father. Uh-huh. 
We have a duty and responsibility to maintain purity within our lives as Christians. And let me tell you something. It's not always the fact that whether you get caught. We have a responsibility to maintain purity even in our thoughts. Because God knows our thoughts. You can condemn yourself. You can condemn yourself before God by simply what you think. Bible said, for man look upon a woman and lusted after her, he has committed what? Adultery. And it's hard. Right? He has sinned. He has come up short before God by just thinking. So it's not a matter of, well, nobody saw me. Nobody caught me. There's always an old CNI watching us. God knows all and sees all. So purity is very critical, folks. You say, well, brother, man, how can I be pure? But yet we all have sin and come up short. In Christ, we are redeemed. Amen. That, that blood ever cleanses us. Mm -hmm. We ourselves can't present ourselves holy and pure before God, but through Christ, we can. Amen. We can. Not of our own, but through Christ, our hope, our mediator, our savior, the one who shed his blood for me, I can be, be, I can be presented before God through his blood. That cleanses me and remits my sin. Right. Don't be afraid of the word purity. Because if you want to go to heaven, you better practice it. Amen. 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 Right? Amen. In other words, God isn't going to require us to do anything that he's not going to give us instructions on how to do. Amen. Amen. Philippians 4 teaches us the things to think on. Yeah. You know what? Turn off some of that, turn, not some of, turn off that crazy music. Amen. That trap music. Right. Turn off that crazy stuff and think on things that are pure, just, honest. Mm -hmm. You know, it teaches us to abstain from the appearance of evil. Mm -hmm. So if you know over there at that place, you know ain't nothing but some crazy stuff or ungodly stuff going on, why are you going over there? Right. Yeah. It's not a matter that it can't be done. It's a matter of making up your mind to do it. Amen. Amen? Amen. All right. The church is the kingdom of Christ. As Paul wrote to the Colossians, they have been translated into the kingdom of the son of his love. Colossians 1.13. I love that passage there. They have been translated into the kingdom of the son of his love. Colossians 1.13, also Revelation 1.9. This emphasizes the authority-making power in the church. <laughs> Christ is king, and he has most authority. Oh. He has majority. Oh. He has all. Matthew 28, 18-20, Jesus said, All power is given unto me. Where? In heaven and earth. So, 
When you're talking about Jesus, you're talking about the one who has it all. Amen. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's his way or no way. Amen. He is the king. And the king has the final word right. on all things. Well, if the king has the final word on all things, if the church belongs to Christ, if he promised to build it and he delivered it, who has the final say-so on what goes on in the church? The king, right? It's just that simple. The church is not a democracy nor a republic. The church belongs to Christ. It's just that simple, folks. People explain and come up with all types of explanation. It's simple. The church belongs to Christ. His words are available. We are to obey them. The citizens do not make the laws. They are made by the king. Amen. 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 The, king, the king said, love your neighbor. Pray for them that hate you and despitefully use you. The king said, forgive if you expect to be forgiven. Right. Right? right. The king goes on with a list of things. And you know what? The king has a right. And the king is going to judge in the end. So if you want to be in the right fellowship, in the right relationship with the king, you have to do what he commands you to do. It's not hard to understand, folks. It takes a humble person and a person willing to surrender their will. The church is the bride of Christ. We are be betrothed or spoken for to Christ. Second Corinthians 11 and 2. The church is the bride. You think about a bride, a, a, a guy getting ready to get married. In most normal situations, <laughs> this is an exciting day. Because this is the Apple of his eye. This is the lady he wants to spend the rest of his life with. This is the woman that, oh my goodness, everything I've been hoping and praying for is going to be sanctioned by God when we say I do. And when you stop and think about if a man getting ready to marry that woman, you know what? He's not going to allow you to talk about her any kind of way. Amen. He's not going to allow you to treat her any kind of way. Amen. He's not going to allow you to do anything disrespectful Amen. toward her. Well, if we understand that in the human sake of things, why don't we understand that about the relationship of Christ and his church? Amen. You need to be mindful what you say about the bride. Jesus laid down his life for his bride. Jesus left heaven and came down to earth so that this institution could be established. When you stop and think about what God has given up, what Jesus has given up, and what he Offer instead of punishing us and allowing us to just go to hell, we need to 
to be mindful and careful about what we say about his church. Amen. This figure signifies of an even greater relationship with Christ is in the future. Mm. The Bible talks about, yes, we are members of his body here, but there's something even grander coming beyond this side of glory. Amen. Man, Jesus is coming back one day. The Bible said the dead in Christ arrive first, and we that remain shall be called up. And man, we're going to glory. We're going to dwell and be where the Lord is. Jesus said in John 14, 1, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Yeah. Why? Well, in my Father's house are what? Yeah. Many mansions. Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. He said, if it wasn't so, I would tell you, I'm going to prepare a place for you that where I am. You know what? He said, I may be able to receive you. Mm. Man, you don't get better service than the Son of God himself. Amen. So it's not just being a great thing, being in the church while he's on earth. But man, it has some hurts out of this world. Amen. Amen. Even on the other side of this life. Amen. So that's why it's so important to understand why you need to be a member of it. Amen. You need to be a member of it because, you know what? That's where he put salvation. Amen. To illustrate the blessings and privileges of this great company, the church. It's also called, you find in the Bible, the body of Christ, the household of God, the temple of God, the kingdom of Christ, the bride of Christ. This is the church Jesus built, of which Jesus spoke when he said, I will build my church in Matthew 16 18. But notice, singular. I will build my, my church. Church, singular. One, one owner, one church. Singular. Not a majority, not a mix of teachings and beliefs, singular. Singular. And that's what we need to understand. Jesus said, I will build my church. In Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, we see this institution coming to fruition. Peter preaching that gospel sermon. The church as they were called back in the day, of the way. But even with that, when you look at the scripture, when Paul, when Saul was seeking out to slaughter those who he could find were of the way. Why didn't it say of the ways? Right. <laughs> he said of the way. No different. Still single. And now, the church composed of all Christians. This is the church to which Jesus referred in Matthew 16, 18. It is made up of all the saved, both living and dead. Mm -hmm. Hebrews 12, 22 through 24. The living and the dead. There are those who were 
once living who were members of the church, and they died as members of the church. Blessed are the dead. Amen. That die away. In the Lord. They don't, they don't lose their salvation because they died. What did we just say earlier? It's something bigger and greater coming on the other side. There is only one church. Remember the universal church is called the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. See, there's a church in Logan Grove, McDonald's, Top Bridge, all over Atlanta, Singapore, India, London, all different places. I visited a lot of these different congregations all throughout the Mediterranean in my, in my wonderful Navy days. <laughs> they said, join the Navy, see the world. They ain't telling you they're going to work you to death while you were out at sea, but I got to see some places I ne probably never would have seen. And even in those faraway places, it's the same gospel. Amen. Amen. It's the same gospel. And therefore, why should there be any other gospel if there's only one body, only one church? Ephesians 4 and 4, it said there's one body. One body. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. A lot of people quote Ephesians 4 and 4. They always say, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. No, you need to quote that first part. One body. Amen. One body. Amen. Remember the universal church is called the body of Christ. Ephesians 1, 22, 23. And the body, I mean the Bible also said all spiritual blessings are where? In Christ. In Christ. There's only one body, Ephesians 4 and 4, therefore only one church. Colossians 1.18, the church and the body is the same. Amen. No difference. It's the same. Mm -hmm. Interchangeable, interchangeable words meaning the same thing. Right. Began on the day of Pentecost in Jerusalem, following the death, resurrection, and ascension of Christ, Acts 2, 1 through 47. As Peter later referred to this day, it was the beginning of the church. That's the Bible, folks. That's the Bible. What's even more beautiful about this? To enter, the Lord asks you into it. Amen. No voting. No, 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 no fiddling around, looking at your finances and deciding, well, you, you can't be beneficial of us. You don't make enough money. Yeah. <laughs> no, the Lord adds to his church. Amen. That's, that's, that's the beauty of his church. He adds. And you know what's even greater about it? He knows the heart of every man. Amen. Man can deceive other men, but man can't deceive God. Man can't deceive the Lord. The Lord adds to the church. One cannot join the church by their own volition. You got to be obedient and do what the Lord commands to be done. Mark 16, 16, Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. That's what Jesus said. Right? What if someone come along and say, well, I just don't believe baptism is essential? 
Well, you, your argument is not with the messenger. Your argument is with God. Your argument is with the head of the church. Now, who's the founder? Who's the head? Who's the savior of the body? Christ. Right. So your argument is not with that human. Your argument is with Christ. Amen. Rather than joining any way they want to, they are added by the Lord himself when saved. Acts chapter 2, verse 41 and 47. The Lord keeps the books of membership. And buddy, if there was ever some good record keeping, I know it's good record keeping in heaven. Amen. There is no agency on earth that keeps the registry of true members. People can deceive you. We can look at people and say, oh, they're faithful. They're, 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 they are very outstanding people, only to find out later they had some skeletons in their closet. But that's people. But the Lord knows the truthfulness of the heart of man. Therefore, I'm glad, and you should be glad. He's the one who adds and keeps the books in heaven. Enrollment is in heaven. Only the Lord knows those truly his. Only the Lord knows. People can, people can put on a good exhibition. But sometimes people can deceive you. That's why who goes to heaven and hell, you, you hey, that's not for us to determine. Amen. You may you may have known me for 20 years, but guess what? You know things about me. Right. Mm -hmm. You only know what I allow you to know. Mm -hmm. But see, God knows everything. Amen. Everything. And those scriptures, Hebrews 12, 23, and 2 Timothy 2, 19, concerning the books of membership. The church consists of all the same. The Lord is presenting to himself a church, holy and without blemish. Ephesians 5, 25 through 27. That's what he's coming back for. Amen. A church without blemish, without spot, wrinkle, without blemish. How is that possible? Through the blood Amen. of the Lamb. Through the blood. Not of man doing anything of presenting himself. Those in the church who are sinning and refuse to repent are cut off. Now, I notice what I said. Refuse to repent. Refuse to repent. When you refuse to repent, you're saying you don't want God's mercy. You don't want his grace. You don't want his love. And God will turn you over. He'll let you go. But God didn't condemn you. You condemn yourself Amen. because of the love you had for sin. They are cut off, cast out, spewed out. John 15, 2 and 6, Romans 11, 19 through 22, and Revelation 3 and 16. God don't cut you off. You cut yourself off. God's will and desire is that every man be saved. Amen. Second Peter chapter 3 outlines that. 
He's long-suffering, not willing that any should perish. Right. But God is not going to force you to obey him. Amen. That is a free will decision you have to make. You must be in this church to be saved. For the Lord is the Savior of the body, which is his church, Ephesians 5.23. And since the Lord adds one to his church when they are saved, one cannot be saved and not be in the church. In other words, you can't, you can't go opposite. You can't go outside of where salvation is to get saved. If the Bible requires and teaches baptism is essential, you can't say, well, I'm just going to pray my way in. Can't do it. Can't do it. You have to obey the king. Mm -hmm. Amen. 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 So, with that said, and I know that was a lot of ground to cover, but it's still the truth. Amen. Right. Amen. And among a lot of people, it ain't popular. Well, but how can you love God and not love what He says? Amen. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Right. Well, if all scripture is given by inspiration of God, 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17, as it goes on to say, is profitable for things that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works, right? How can you object to the scriptures but yet want to be saved? You can't. You can't be saved through disobedience. You have to be saved through obedience, doing the will. So what we have to understand regarding the church, regardless of what man may say and what man may do, Jesus says that gates of hell shall not prevail against you. Amen. It's going to stand. It may not, it may not have the mega membership, the mega-sized membership right. at some location. It may be the target of, of bashing because the members uphold those things that the Lord upholds. Right. You know, it, 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 it's against abortion. Amen. You, you can't say I'm a Christian and I'm a lover of God and say, well, I, I don't think, uh, I think a person should have a right to have abortion, this and that. That ain't what the Bible teaches. Uh, a Christian should walk in the truth. Amen. And the truth is the word of God, right? right? It's not about what you think or what you feel. It's what God says. Amen. You have to abide in the truth. And the truth is, you know what? There's only one. Amen. And that one, I'm saying, that's the system of belief. Right. The doctrine. Right. You have to obey what the Word of God says, and you can't put any other teaching above it. Amen. When you start adding to it, it's no longer of God anymore. Right. When you take away from it, it's no longer God's anymore. Right. But when you speak as the oracles of God and present it as it is given, you're walking in the light. Amen. If you're here today and you have made the decision that I'm ready to take that walk, 
I'm ready to give my life to Christ. I'm ready to accept the gift of salvation according to how the scripture outlines it. How were men saved on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2? The Bible says after they heard what Peter preached, they cried out with a loud voice, right? And they asked the question in verse 37, men and brethren, what shall we do? Now, the question is, what did Peter respond and say? Go find your Bible-believing church and just hang out with them. Repeat this prayer after me, and, and you'll be okay. No, no, no. Let's see what the pattern is. In Acts chapter 2, verse 38, the answer was given. Repent and be baptized. How many? Every one of you. By whose authority? In the name of Jesus Christ, for what? For the remission of sin. And you shall receive what? The gift of the Holy Spirit. That's the pattern outlined in verse 38, right? That was the answer the Apostle Peter gave. Who has the right to change that? Well, how can you be saved outside of that? I'm just simply asking the question. Can we let the Bible decide? Because on the day of judgment, John 12, 48, it says these same words are going to appear at the judgment. Same words. These same words. Acts 2, 38 going to be there. Mark, uh, Mark 16, 16 going to be there. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 going to be there. Uh, 1 Peter 3.21 going to be there. Acts 22.16 going to be there. All of these scriptures are going to be there concerning how to be baptized. So when you show up, will you have obeyed that? If not, what would you expect a righteous, just God who can't lie to do? Huh? Start lying? No. Therefore, you must be obedient to the truth. Amen. There's someone here today who realizes and understands the word of God is right. It's true. That's who you need to give your heart to. Amen. Not the preacher, but to God. Amen. You're seeking, you're looking, you need to come on. You need to come on and obey what the Bible says. For those of us who have been baptized, you know what? You don't have to go get baptized again. You need to repent. You need to get back on track and live accordingly as you should as a Christian. Denying yourself. Put God back first where he should be and serve him. With all your heart, mind, soul, and spirit. Don't be deceived that you're going to go to heaven on your terms. You won't. I promise you, you won't. What's our song, Adore? 593. 593 is our invitation song. If there are any who would like to surrender their will today and be baptized for the remission of sin today, we baptize when the person 
is of the understanding and they are ready to do it. We don't have a certain Sunday because you know what? You don't know where death is. Amen. We can't tell you to wait till the third Sunday or fourth Sunday. What if you die? Amen. Well, God knew his heart, but God also gave him time to get baptized. So why not today? The Hebrew writer said, I tell you his voice. Don't harden your heart. Today is your day. If you're subject to this invitation, we ask that you'll come forward and be seated on the front row while together we stand and sing the invitation song. There's a fountain presented for you and me.
Oh. 